Welcome to Know What I Mean. My name is Oscar. Hola. My name is George. <laughs> and this was a really nice episode, actually. We, we had quite different takes on the quote initially, and we got a nice opportunity to talk about both of them. And it seemed like there was some stuff that was quite relevant to your life, Oscar, that you were saying. It was like nice how some stuff really tied in. And mm. yeah, it was it was really nice actually to talk through it. And, and it seemed like there were, I don't know, that we were learning things from each other and we were helping each other see things in different ways. And, you know, that's the sign of a good conversation in my mind. And it was fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Top marks. Yeah, no, to I totally. I, I, I wasn't expecting it because I came in with quite low energy, um, but it turned out to be a bit of a therapy session, which was very welcomed. I wanted to mention at the start of this episode that if you, if this is your second or third or even more time, time listening and you're enjoying the podcast in general, it would be really amazing if you could think of someone that you, you have good, deeper conversations with and if you could just share it with them because we're growing organically just through sharing and basically it would just mean so much if if uh, if it was possible for you to to do that really hope you enjoy the episode and let us know what you think let's get into it <laughs> so so the quote i chose for this week is from johann wolfgang von goethe and it goes as follows a confusion of the real with the ideal never goes unpunished. And this one we chose, it kind of expands a bit on what we were talking about last week. But, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into some different areas that this is going to lead us into. And just to give a bit more context for it, I'll just read the slightly expanded quote, because that gives a bit of an example of what is being talked about in this quote. And that is love is an ideal thing. Marriage is a real thing. A confusion of the real with the ideal never goes unpunished. Yeah, I guess I didn't share that bit before. So I'm curious actually to hear what you think of that, that little addition to it. It's throwing me off. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not at all the area that I've written notes for, but um, my impression from that is in a way, marriage is an act. It's an actual going out into the world, doing something tangible, mm -hmm. whereas love maybe is a, a concept. It's, I mean, mm. I, I guess in this context, it is more of a, a concept. And so, yeah, I guess it's maybe the, yeah, the two sides. You, you've got the world of action and you've got the world of concepts. That's Those mm -hmm. are the two differences that I can see from that additional bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How I was thinking about this a lot was about, even though it's saying that, you know, confusion of the real with the ideal never goes unpunished. It's not that the ideal is a bad thing. The ideal is actually really important. It's important to have ideals of what we're going for or like how we think things should be and how we want the world to be. You know, these are great things to aim towards. But what this quote I feel is really saying is that it's not helpful to expect those ideals to be completely lived out in the world around us. It's okay to, we want to have those ideals embodied. That's what gives us a direction, but to feel like that's how things actually are. And to confuse that with reality is where 
you can just cause extra suffering. And it doesn't mean that you don't want those ideals to be true and you're not moving towards those ideals, but it means you've got to realize that they're, they're two different things. You know, it gives the example here of a relationship, but it could be something like a business as well. You've got your idea of, okay, here are all the systems within my business. This is how we get customers in. This is how we process things. You know, you have this ideal of how everything works within your business. And if you're expecting that everything is going to function like that, then you're going to be disappointed when all these different things go wrong and things get messy and they don't quite happen in, in the perfect way that you expect them to. So it's important to have these ideals, but you've got to realize that they are going to break down and you need contingencies for when things are not how, how they should be, how they quote unquote mm. should be and how you want them to be, but just dealing with them how they are and be ready for those problems to arise and, and the messiness and the realness and the chaos that can come with reality and when your ideals interface with other people's ideals. And in a set, like in your experience, do you have any examples of when maybe your ideals have been out of alignment with the reality of things? Mm. I was actually thinking of, of a, a conversation that we both had together, which is where we were in a similar space and we were both starting to go freelance and, and earn money from our own work. And for me, I was making YouTube videos and I was kind of just like, I'm doing YouTube videos about everything that interests me and wanting to make money from that. And I just had this, this ideal of, you know, I'm just going to be completely me and express everything about me on this YouTube channel and make money from advertising or people would just pay me, shower me with money or whatever. <laughs> um, and that was, that was an ideal of like, I feel like it should be possible for me to just express myself and do whatever I want to do and somehow manage to make that into a business and then get paid for it. Mm. And I think that was quite a lot of naive naivety in that. Mm. And since I have kind of condensed down and focused on vegan cooking, especially, and just making really good recipe videos. And that is something that I enjoy doing. And it's something that I think is, is valuable to people. And, you know, ideally I would also randomly do a video about a random cycling video or a random video about self-development or how I organize my to-do lists, like, like all of these things that I want to like shoehorn in, um, <laughs> you know, maybe I would want to do that and want them to do well, but I've kind of had to be like, okay, let me just rein it back in and think about my audience and think about what things are actually, what things I I'm good at and what things I can put out into the world that are actually going to be useful to people and create a YouTube channel that's consistent and has a specific type type of content that people enjoy watching. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Well, I think it was a significant conversation. So when I was back in Brighton for a few months in the winter over kind of Christmas period when it was locked down, then me and George would go on walks every week. And that was actually the time that we sort of started the podcast as well. And this particular walk, it just, it was really about like us both clocking that, yeah, like we've got this very 
in a way naive like idealistic view of that if if our forms of expression are pure enough then we will just attract followers in the things that we want to do you know in my mm. case like doing art you know uh, and in George's case then doing YouTube videos and like and that that would all work out somehow but it's like the the, the punishment comes in that it that's not how it works you know it's it's mm. actually there's a delusion in that you know mm. and if we were to both continue along that path of just trying to produce whatever we want to do and expecting mm -hmm. it to do well and and have its own sort of consistency and for people to kind of just get it then it wouldn't go that way it just wouldn't because mm. no one really grows a following that way because people come to you for specific reasons so yeah no it was a really interesting chat that one actually mm. what i wanted to bring in with this quote is just a focus that i have at the moment yeah continuing from last week and that's in the realm of the conceptual versus the lived reality like the i don't know non-conceptual sounds like it kind of strims it back too much i suppose present experience versus conceptual experience mm -hmm. and so how it links it, it with this quote i guess is i don't think that this was the intention of the of johan but this is what i thought of so a confusion of the real with the ideal so a confusion of presence with our conceptual land mm -hmm. so not recognizing the distinction between present rich sensory experience and and full kind of life experience uh, the difference between mm -hmm. that and our usual state of basically being lost in concepts never goes unpunished so that it causes suffering basically so mm. again like spending too much time in in the conceptual mind causes suffering that was basically mm -hmm. what i was focusing on with it and um well i was just thinking about uh today so just to kind of run through my day i wake up and as soon as i wake up i'm thinking about this email that i got late last night about a kind of get, giving a quote to someone for a job so i'm thinking about work uh and then i'm and then i'm thinking about how i probably should meditate and so I do meditate, but it's, it's sort of a, it's a bit, it feels like a bit of a hurdle that I have to go over to just get on with my day. So it's, it's mm. not, I'm not particularly committed to the sit. Uh, I get through it. I then finish my meditation. I'm preparing stuff to go and do this commission that I'm doing. I'm eating breakfast, which I'm sort of just getting out of the way and not fully experiencing because I'm a, I'm a little bit, I feel a bit rushed, even though I'm kind of not, but I feel a bit rushed. Like I need to be elsewhere. I turn up to where I'm painting. I listen to a podcast, so it's it's more more input. I'm not present really. I'm I'm just sort of like it's a fairly calm painting session, but I'm I am painting and listening at the same time. At a certain point, I'm wishing that I could wrap it up because I'm quite tired, and then I realize that I'm just about to miss a train that would. I would then I had this idea that I was going to be having to wait another train and blah, 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 blah. So basically this, what, what has happened this day is I've just lived continuously in like elsewhere, like this sort of strain to be somewhere else and living in a very, very concept heavy way mm. is, is not in my senses basically at all. And I found myself on the, the train eventually like 
just feeling quite unsettled. Mm. And as soon as I really could just sit down and give myself a second, I could start to process that. And it was very, it was amazing how quickly I could start working on the feeling and actually settle down. As soon as I came back into the real, my, mm -hmm. my sense of actual aliveness, not mm. thought-based reality, but just what is actually going on. And well, I wrote down my experience of today just to like, it's a sense of mine that I'm always in concepts, but just reflecting on today, you know, it's just like, that is just my predominant state by far is just in just conceptual version of the world, a mm. sort of virtual reality. And it is, it, it doesn't go unpunished because I end up feeling unsettled. I end up feeling like a, in a sort of state of not enough and kind of just definitely not like enjoying my time, particularly, you know, just feeling quite unsettled, even though I'm, you know, there was so much potential on a sunny day like this that I could have had a really a lot of fun and things, but mm. that really wasn't my experience. Yeah. Well, that it's just one of the, the classic things that is the practice really just how it's often going against the grain really to, to just focus on the present moment and enjoy it. And that's kind of, you know, part of it is that we, we're kind of programmed to find problems and, and it's very, very easy to just get into this world of concepts and just really caught up in that. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting that it's something that does happen to everyone, even you know, I think we both, especially you, you know, you've, you're someone who's kind of put a lot of time into this area of your life and you spend a lot more time in a present state than, than many people do. And you're much quicker at getting back to it, but it is interesting how it's still something that, that you can slip into so easily. Are there things that you do on, on days that you wish you'd done? on this day? Like, are there things where, you know, you feel yourself get caught and then you manage to break that cycle? I mean, there, there definitely are things, I, but I think what I've been reflecting on a lot at the moment has actually been in a broader sense. Why do I not feel motivated to become more present in general? Because I've mm -hmm. definitely had periods of months and even years where being present or, or having a stronger spiritual practice has been at the forefront of my mind. And that's not the case at the moment. Um, mm. And I've, so I've been reflecting a lot on like, like I was just saying to my girlfriend, Emmy, that at the moment, you know, like I'm, there's definitely a, a, a sense that I'm less like content, I guess, in general at the moment, like mm. even though things mm. in my life on an experiential level, I'm experiencing better things like, you know, mm. going freelance and seeing lots of friends and having interesting experiences. Mm. And yet the broader sense of my life is that I'm less content actually. Mm. And that's because my spiritual practice isn't as strong at the moment. And so what I've been interested in is like, why, because I, I know what I can do to be more present and yet mm. I don't really want to do it. And I think actually, I guess it's it's very similar to an addiction of any kind. So mm. I'm I'm addicted to my this virtual reality that I've made. You know, I'm addicted mm. to thought and I'm addicted to the ideas I have about my life and my career and 
the concept land, like the this thought based, like literally just seeing through this thick film of of concepts, is there is suffering, but it's also there's a lot of appeal. You know, it's it's very familiar and predictable. I've got a little stat which people might have heard, and I'm not sure how the bloody <laughs> how they actually got this, but it's it's strong anyway. According to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those, 80% are negative and 95% are repetitive thoughts. Mm. So 95% are repetitive thoughts. So it's like, even if that's not actually accurate, they're still saying that a large proportion of it is is just mm. repetitive thoughts and a large proportion of it is negative. But like the thing, the thing is, is it's just... Imagine if we are just repeating thoughts all the time, that creates like this landscape that I'm living in, which even though it's less pleasurable and it's less Mm -hmm. fun, at least it's predictable, at least it's familiar, you know, and it's safer Mm -hmm. somehow. And I honestly think that's just what it is. is I've just got so Mm -hmm. much momentum with this safer kind of thought reality that I've made that it's really hard to break that cycle. Like Mm. usually, yeah, like a retreat or something would help. And that's what I've been thinking about over the last kind of couple of weeks is like, okay, it would be good to get on a retreat of some kind, Mm. just because that can really just, it can give you enough time Mm. to just break that constant kind of getting up and thinking all day and and just Mm -hmm. going along that cycle. And it can help to really break that. So it's, Mm. it's, it's not so much that, I don't know how to be more present, but it's just, I just don't have the will. Uh, It's just Mm. not strong enough. I'm too caught up in compulsive thinking at the moment. Mm. Mm. So to to kind of tie that into the quote, what you're, you're saying is that this, this confusion being caught up in the ideal as in the, the concepts and the ideas rather than what you're really experiencing, that that causes you suffering in the moment or it just leads to a less pleasant experience of of your life yeah yeah definitely because i I was kind of thinking of what are the ways that that this confusion is punished and that's certainly one of them also the other the other one that i was thinking of was about how if you make and this is kind of going back to the earlier interpretation of the quote which is if you have these ideals, like say, say you have an airplane, for example, airplanes traditionally have, you know, they have at least two engines. Some of them have four engines. And if you were living in this ideal world, if you were completely caught up with the ideal, then you would only put one engine in because you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, this would be fine. One engine, that's all we need. Put mm. enough fuel in it, it'll be fine. And you know, there's a reason why planes have multiple engines because there's not an ideal world. There can be all sorts of factors that just haven't been thought of that can lead to a problem and you need to have a backup for it. Mm. So if you have these these misconceptions or these ideals of how you think things should be or how they ideally will be, that creates like a really shaky foundation. And when you build things on top of that, that makes everything unstable because you're not dealing with the world how it actually is. You're dealing with it how you want it to be or how you think it should be. Mm. So it's sort of like, 
I'm going to butcher this. You, you, mm. you'll know, but it's like hope for the best, prepare for the worst or something mm. like that. Mm. It, it's yeah. sort of like you, you want a, you want, you want a vision, basically. Mm. You want, you want a vision that will um, drive you and you want to set goals and you want something that is inspiring to you mm. that might be idealized like it might be over the top even it might be mm -hmm. just like in a perfect world yeah you know and this thing yeah. and yet that's not how you you don't live as if that was just the case mm. you know and yeah. just like everything is going to go so smoothly and you know people will love me and do all of this kind of stuff you mm -hmm. know it's just like you, you actually have to live more on a day-to-day -day and practical level you can't live in that way but you can have it as a sense in your mind still mm -hmm. you know and that's when that's when it isn't confused that's not confusing the real with the ideal that's 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 seeing the very the distinction between the real mm. and the ideal and yeah and it's not saying you shouldn't have an ideal you know like like i yeah like ideals are bad you know like mm. it's it's they're very important as you said at the beginning of the episode you know it's like but don't confuse the two yeah mm, mm. yeah i think well that yeah that saying of of hope yeah hope for the best plan for the worst i think i mean there's loads of different variations yeah, of yeah, it yeah. but yeah that really encapsulates that that same thing actually yeah so i was i was thinking of ideals as like a compass and so imagine you're in this landscape and you know okay this is the bearing on the compass that i need to follow to get to my location so if you start following that compass and just going in a straight line, you're naturally going to come, you know, say you come across, there's like a big canyon or a cliff. You come across a cliff, you know which way you need to go, but you found a cliff. So obviously you're going to deal with things as they are. You're going to, you know, find a way around, find a little detour and, and then try and get back to your ideal of, of where you want to be heading. But you're not just going to like look directly at the compass and just only look at that and just walk blindly forwards because mm. that's just going to get you in trouble. So mm. you've got to kind of have this, this ideal of where you're heading and then there's naturally going to be obstacles and you're going to, you know, find the best way to navigate that obstacle. And then you're going to get back on course and, and keep following that, that ideal as, as best you can. Mm. Well, it's interesting, I, like this, this area of, because we could exchange, I guess, ideal with like goal setting, for example, mm. like, and there are different like approaches. I know there is often emphasis on having this idea of what you want. Mm. And that's by and large, like people encourage that, mm -hmm. but there's also other, I guess there's other ways of approaching life that does that that aren't doesn't that don't so heavily emphasize having this very clear idea of exactly what you want mm -hmm. so for example you could you could take the approach of being very very present and choosing to essentially make making sure that your karma is is positive making sure that you are um acting with uh good intentions towards people um and focusing on things that you care about mm -hmm. but also just trusting that life will 
if you do that, essentially life will kind of guide you in a positive direction. There's, there's mm -hmm. more of just like, okay, I'm not quite sure where I'm going, mm -hmm. but as long as I'm focusing on the positive now and doing what I know to be good now, mm -hmm. like I don't need to have a completely clear vision mm. of exactly where I'm going. I, I guess mm. like, because I think, I think it's quite difficult for people often when we have such a focus on goal setting in our culture, when you're not really sure what you mm. want to do, actually, you know, like a lot of people find themselves like, okay, I like, I want something. I want to do something. I don't know what it is. And so there needs to be some sort of method or way of approaching things that isn't solely reliant on you having a very clear ideal, having a very clear idea of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm quite interested in that as well, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I think, I think of ideals definitely is quite different to goals in my head. Okay. Cause I think of like a goal as a more specific thing. Like I want to achieve this thing. Mm -hmm. whereas I see ideals more as like a, a principle. So like an ideal of honesty or an ideal of being a good person or, you know, they're, they're slightly more abstract, mm -hmm. but they're like, this is something, this is a principle or a, a trait that I want to embody or the, the type of thing that I want to do. So I think that ideal actually fits into the, the second person you were describing actually of someone who is focused on maybe one of their ideals is presence. Like I want to move towards presence. I want to do what I think is the right thing in the moment, or you can have things like that. And I would say that is, that is an ideal of, of something you're trying to be. You're trying to embody love or honesty or truth. And, and these are things that aren't as tangible and they're not as specific as, as maybe a goal is. Uh, but they, there's something you can use as a guide to move towards and, and something that is unattainable to be completely honest or to complete, completely kind. But in having that as an ideal and having that as a, a direction, you're, you're sure to be a better person mm. through the pursuit of that. Okay. Yeah. I guess in, in relation to the quote, then you may have a an ideal of being a more loving person or to be mm -hmm. extremely loving you know like mm -hmm. you that you just want to embody love that isn't the case all the time though you mm -hmm. know like you're going to get frustrated with people and i guess where the punishment or the the suffering would come in is if you find that confusing you've got this vision or idea of that you ought to be very loving or that that's a really good mm -hmm. thing and yet you're not and then you're like oh something's wrong then you know like yeah. that's yeah. i uh, i ought to be this and yeah. i'm not and yeah. there's just there's like a lot of suffering mm. in mm. that i guess yeah yeah but you yeah. can still be moving towards it knowing you know you can say you know like i was saying with the with the compass like you're moving towards being a more loving person and there's going mm. to be plenty of opportunities, you know, say, say for example, with you, like presence is, I would say at least ex to me, it seems like presence is one of your ideals. It's something that you 
one of your values. You know, it's something mm. that you do value, you want to embody, and and you want that the meaning of that word to be part of your life. And you're going to have different things in your life that are somewhat obstacles or things where you know you can't be moving straight towards presence in its most pure form. You're going to have things where you get knocked off the course or you've you've got other things that are going to have to be more important than presence in this moment. And mm. that's just part of the journey. And you're realizing even in how you're talking that you understand why it is that you've been somewhat neglecting that side of your life or, or that you've not felt that you've not really been pushing that area of your life as much at the moment. But you've got an understanding of that and that, you know, there's an obstacle or that, that that's not something that's your biggest priority at the moment, but it's still something you value. And it's still something that over your lifetime, you want to be moving towards. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, it's interesting you saying that really, because I, I think, I think there is confusion there in a way. And that's why, because there's, it's it, like, there's definitely suffering involved like in Buddhism, then it's talked of as what's called the second dart or the second arrow. So you've got the initial arrow of, for example, I'm, I'm less present at the moment and I'm feeling a bit more unsettled. So that would be mm -hmm. the first arrow. But the second arrow is the conceptual overlay of, oh, but I ought to be, it's mm -hmm. like the should. Mm -hmm. I should really yeah, be yeah, more yeah. present. I should prioritize this. I, you know, I'm suffering because I'm not, and I'm still not prioritizing it. And that means that I failed in some way. And so it's definitely like, there is confusion there for me at the moment. Like I'm not, I'm not totally just like, I, I am aware of it. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not t completely blind, but at the same mm -hmm. time, parts of me have adopted a narrative of like failure or like regression, you know, like mm -hmm. oh, I've, spent ages practicing and now i'm just like regressing into you know just being like obsessively kind of outwardly focused or whatever mm -hmm. you know and and so that that second arrow of like uh of shoulds and and being self-critical definitely has has come in so yeah it's very it feels very relevant to mm. what's going on at the moment for me yeah mm. Mm. there was actually one one metaphor that i came up with when I was thinking about this that I really liked mm -hmm. about the confusion of the real with the ideal and why it is really better to deal with the world how it is rather than how you want it to be. Mm -hmm. So imagine you've got rose tinted glasses, you know, you've got this idea of, of how the world should be. You want the world to be, you know, this, this beautiful, place that fits in perfectly to what you want and it's like you've got these rose tinted glasses that are very rose tinted <laughs> so as you're wearing them you know things look beautiful but because you're not seeing the world how it is you keep bumping into shit and tripping over things because <laughs> you can't see properly even though there's this beautiful overlay over the world it just means that you're crashing into things and you're not seeing things how they are. And mm. if you just take off those rose tinted glasses, it may not look as beautiful that you may see ugly things that you don't want to mm. see, but through seeing where those things are, you 
will suffer less and through actually seeing where the things are even if they're they're ugly and not how you want things will be better for seeing it like that mm-hmm. you'd be less injured yeah you stop stubbing <laughs> your toe on shit falling off cliffs but i mean you know you can wear the glasses or not it's up to you yeah yeah <laughs> that seems like a a lovely place to end yeah what's the quote for this week so the quote for next week is uh, another quote by um, buddhist teacher sangharachta outer achievements should be expressions of inner abundance not compensation for inner poverty mm-hmm. well that's a good one i'm looking forward <laughs> to having a good old think about that so if you have any thoughts about this week's episode or the quote that's just been read out for next week feel free to get in touch via instagram uh, know what i mean dot podcast or we've got our email in the description below and if you fancy buying us coffee if you've liked this episode then that is also linked up in the description uh, that would be mucho appreciated <laughs> uh, i know senor <laughs> um yeah so thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week enjoy your week guys peace